Welcome to Rollins College. I'm Scott Bokash, and I'll be your host for this audio tour of the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Walking Tour. The content for this audio tour has been adapted from the writings of Randy Knowles, originally published in the Winter Park Magazine. Our first stop is in the Olin Library. To enter the Olin Library, walk around to the right side of the front of the building and up the ramp that leads directly to the main entrance through the porch and loggia. Press pause until you are in the main lobby of the library. Please ring the doorbell to enter the building. Be sure to wear headphones when indoors in respect of your surroundings and of college members. Located next to Lake Virginia, the Olman Library is home to the Rollins College Archives and Special Collections. The archives house Mr. Rogers' original documents, photographs, and memorabilia. These can be viewed upon request from the archives, but during the month of March, They'll be on display inside the glass case next to the main entrance of the Oldman Library lobby. Located here is a rare collection of books and handwritten letters, as well as his yearbook from 1951 and a variety of documents and photographs. Displayed prominently is a blue sweater, hand-knit by Fred Rogers' mother and subsequently worn on his show, and a pair of his famous sneakers, autographed, of course. Fred donated these two items to the then Rollins president, Rita Bornstein, during his 40th anniversary class reunion in 1991. A Daniel Tiger figure makes an appearance in this display, known from Daniel Tiger's neighborhood cartoon show, now on the PBS Kids Network. Daniel Tiger is a part of the newest generation of Mr. Rogers-inspired characters. In 1946, Fred McFeely Rogers, the late-blooming native of Latrobe, Pennsylvania, originally elected to attend Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, where he planned to major in Romance Languages. Unsure what direction he wished to pursue, not an unusual dilemma for an 18-year-old, perhaps he believed that a grounding in languages might best prepare him for a career in the diplomatic corps. But he was, by all accounts, miserable. At Dartmouth, he was lonely, heartsick, and felt more than a little out of place. As he did when he was younger, Fred turned to music to ease the stress. Soon he had befriended cellist Arnold Kavam, a music professor and director of the Handel Society at Dartmouth. Kavam had, as fate would have it, been recently hired away from Rollins College to build a strong music department at Dartmouth. Recognizing Fred's potential, Kavam confessed that the college could not yet offer a proper music major. Rollins, however, could, and Kavam encouraged Fred to consider transferring. Fred, who disliked New Hampshire's bitter winters, thought the warm weather climate sounded appealing. Kavam described the small college's genial atmosphere and tropical beauty, and he lauded the quality of students and faculty in what was then called the Rollins College Conservatory of Music. In addition, Kavam made certain that Fred would feel welcome upon his arrival in Winter Park in 1948. He alerted other conservatory students in advance that a talented pianist was en route, and several of them piled in an old Hudson to meet him at the airport, or train station, depending on whose memory is correct. Among the unofficial greeters was the popular and effervescent Sarah Joanne Bird, Fred's future wife, life partner, legacy keeper, and namesake of Queen Sarah Saturday on his now iconic show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Joanne, too, was a music major and a talented pianist. Fred told an interviewer years later, 
Rollins was just the opposite of Dartmouth, I felt. Dartmouth was very cold, and Rollins was very warm. I just felt so much at home there. Although his two years at Dartmouth earned him only one year of credit, Fred decided to transfer to Rollins. Fred established himself as one of the most popular students on campus with a winning combination of gentle good humor and genuine empathy for others. During his time at Rollins, Fred was invited to join the Key Society, an invitation-only academic honor society. He also served as president of Pi Kappa Lambda, a fraternity for undergraduate students, graduate students, and professors of music. He was a member of the Chapel Choir, the Bach Choir, and the Faculty Student Music Guild. He was an intramural swimmer and joined the French Club, for which he was elected president. He was also a member of the Welcoming Committee. After all, who could be more welcoming than Fred Rogers? He appeared in several dramatic productions at the Annie Russell Theater, once sharing the stage with another soon-to-be-famous classmate, Anthony Perkins, in Jean Giraudot's poetic satire, The Mad Woman of Chaillou. Most notably, considering Fred's interest in becoming a Presbyterian minister and his lifelong interest in social justice issues, he chaired the college's Interfaith and Race Relations Committee. One of the items displayed here is his four-page handwritten report from the 1950s documenting the group's activities, which included collecting and sorting books for residents of neighboring Eatonville, an African-American municipality and the childhood home of Zora Neale Hurston. He assigned committee members to teach classes and lead activities at Eatonville's sorely understaffed Hungerford Preparatory High School. This concludes the stop here in Olin Library. To proceed to stop two, exit the library and walk through the porch and down the ramp on your immediate left. Turn right and take your first left down the brick walkway toward Holt Avenue, the main campus road. Now that you have reached Holt Avenue, turn left on the sidewalk and walk down, past Andrew Carnegie Hall, past Rice Family Pavilion, and past Alumni House. Once you reach the B.O. Multi Shell Museum, take the left at the fork towards the covered breezeway. Once you see the faculty club directly ahead, turn right under the covered breezeway. Continue walking down the breezeway for about 250 feet or 820 meters until you reach a joined corridor on the left. To your immediate right, on the wall, you will see a marble plaque engraved with the words, Life is for Service. Play episode two now to learn more about the Life is for Service plaque and how it influenced Fred Rogers' life and career.